It's another scintillating episode of Nothing Specific with your boy Trevor David Houchin. And uh, the news cycle changed this week. Something was different. Something actually was different uh, for a couple days. And um, unfortunately, that different thing was the death of one of our brothers in, in, in here in Georgia. Apparently, a brother was running down the street, just jogging, getting some exercise, getting some fresh air, just out sort of trying to live and did not live to see the the next morning couple brother couple white dudes couple white dudes i guess a father and a son um shot him down dead in the street and i got my man um timothy allen smith here with me uh tim what's up hey you know i um it's funny that we're having this conversation now because uh, little background, I was uh, made aware of the story only recently and did some, some looking and saw the video and I had a, a, a reaction similar to what most black people would and I did a I respect you so much Trev and, and the stuff that you do online the opinions that are, that you put out there and some of them are thought provoking and some of them are um, sort of uh provocative, um, but I noticed that you hadn't posted anything related to this particular incident, and I had such an emotional reaction to it that I was surprised, to be honest with you, that you hadn't posted anything, that you hadn't made any sort of commentary related to what happened to the young cat, and um, I, I, calling you out on it may be the wrong term, but I'm genuinely curious, why is it that this particular incident, which obviously you're made aware of, live in the area um why is it that you had nothing to comment or nothing to say about this well that's a legitimate question and i guess i guess my answer answers plural are um well the truth of the matter is here's here's the first truth i, I didn't hear about it as soon as everybody else do it did because I'm on a bit of a self-imposed Facebook sabbatical. That's an excuse, but it's the truth. I didn't hear about it for that reason as soon as everybody else did. Then the second thing is I don't watch the news. So um I don't know I don't I don't I'm not generally really that abreast on what's going on in the news. But beyond that, when I did hear about it, I it did still take me, you know, actually I don't think I've posted anything about that and I guess one of the reasons besides what I just said is what you mentioned you said you had a really emotional reaction to it and based on what's going on in the news right now you know the corona thing um we're all we're all deep in our emotions I think like we're all deep in a place of fear and paranoia and anxiety and my perspective is that the uh the powers that be whomever they may be are pulling our emotional strings they're playing they're playing our emotional uh they're playing our emotional instruments for as much impact as they can get and i didn't and still don't want to react from a place of deep emotion because that feels to me like 
manipulation. Now, that's not to say I don't have a emotional an, an emotional response to what happened, but it is to say I'd like to be a little bit more in control of that emotional response before I react to it. Uh, you know that that's in in having thought in having thought about it again that's a, a little bit that's um that's i i think that's pretty much the best answer i could give you honestly and and to be perfectly honest i i, I hear everything you're saying i respect it of course i just feel like it doesn't meet the moment and that's because I don't know if you've watched the video or if you've not seen it yet. Some people that I know personally just refuse to watch it because they don't want, much like yourself, they don't want to elicit that emotional reaction. They want to remain, um, they want to remain in control of, of their own emotions and control of their own response. And I, I get that. But this, the reason, and I watched it purely innocuously. I didn't really have a, an agenda when I watched it. I just figured it was going to be another example of here we go again, racists doing their thing, blah blah blah. And then when I watched it, Trev, it the first thing I thought of was they were hunting this this cat like he was wild game, like they were in the back of a pickup truck with shotguns hunting a wild animal. That's the way they were stalking him. That's the way it looked on the screen when I saw it. You know, like they were on safari and they were just hunting wild game. And it's when I felt that, and then on top of that, realized that they took the video themselves. They handed this video, the one that everybody's freaking out about, they handed that same video to the police the day that it happened. They didn't hide it. And they still weren't arrested. No charges were brought until the video was leaked. And by the way, I believe it was leaked by them because they still feel the video shows or proves their innocence. Uh, but that's another story. Until the world got a hold of the video and the reaction became what it was, they were never going to be charged. And so you put all those things together, and this is a moment when, you know, we always talk about unity, about black people standing together, about, you know, us coming together as people and whatever. If we can't come together when they are literally hunting black men in the streets and getting away with it, make no mistake, they've been arrested, but that's only because this video got leaked. Had that video never been leaked, they would have been able to hunt this guy in the street, shoot him dead, and go home and go on and live the rest of their lives with no consequence. If we can't react emotionally to this, I, I don't, I mean, honestly, it, I, it gets me heated to the point where I just don't understand our people. How can you not, how can we not react emotionally to this? If this doesn't elicit some sort of emotional response, some sort of ignition of, of whatever emotional triggers that we all have inside, I hate to say it, but I mean, are we done as a people? Well, I mean, if you can just walk us down the street and shoot us and get away with it, and are we just finished? Is it over? Well, you know, it's an excuse for me to say, well, I, I haven't been on Facebook. I didn't hear the news. It's an excuse for me to say, well, I didn't want to give over my emotional control 
to somebody else to control my emotions and you are a hundred percent right in that if we can't have an emotional response to this then what are we allowed to have an emotional response to there's no i have no legitimate answer to that except the idea that once again um i i feel justified in uh you know there have been so many of these things there have been so many of these incidents in the united states over the well throughout our history here but you know since since the advent of video and uh you know things going viral and things being shown online that otherwise we wouldn't have seen there have been so many of those events that it almost feels like i personally was and have been and am desensitized to a certain degree when these things come on the news i mean the last thing you want to do as a black man is see something like this and go okay they they shot another brother what's on channel 9 or what's on you know what's on netflix or what that's that's the absolute pinnacle of desensitization when you don't care about the life of you know another one of your brothers being gunned down by 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 trigger happy white people in the street who feel justified in the fact that they're white and you're black and we you know we can shoot you and nothing is going to happen you know i i i can't come at this situation with a proper way out of not having responded on the other hand i hold firm to the idea that there is a power or powers that be that ply play ply upon our knowing that we as black people you know we're going to respond emotionally knowing knowing that that they you know they throw things out there do things to pull those strings pull those emotional strings and like i said in this moment of of covid-19 in the era of of the coronavirus and and these things i think it's really important for us to have our wits about us and not be in a place of easy emotional manipulation um i i don't offer that as an excuse i offer it as a strategy but you know i i guess i i can't really see a way out of the 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 the, the tight dark room of trevor why didn't you respond well you know i i wanted i wanted all the facts to come in i mean i can make a million different excuses but i i you know i i didn't know you know i didn't know and i don't at this point know exactly what to quote unquote say online that's going to rectify this situation but i also know i also know silence is a certain amount of concession silence is a certain amount of conceding defeat or conceding victory to the oppressor and i'm stuck in a i'm stuck between a rock and a hard place what 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 do i do i go online and i make a few inflammatory posts and you know point the finger and express anger 
and then check Netflix? What, what, you know, what's, you know, if, if I can, if I can go here, what's the solution? What, what, what do you propose as a solution if there is one? Should, should we as brothers, should we all get strapped up and, and exercise our Second Amendment right to, you know, to bear arms? Is, is, is that the solution? Yeah. Unequivocally, without a doubt, point blank period, yes. If you look at this video, you cannot come to any other conclusion than these, we are being seen as soft targets. And because we are seen as soft targets, there is no hesitation for the oppressors, but it isn't, and I agree with that statement. There is no hesitation for the oppressor to approach us aggressively, period. So every one of us, we have an, almost an obligation at this point. I know that sounds extreme, but after watching the video, my feelings have changed. We almost have an obligation to bear arms. We simply do. This has to stop. This has to change. This has to be a paradigm shift, as you put it, right? We have to look at this as a declaration of aggression. And to be perfectly honest with you, had they never released the videotape, I probably would have cared less. Much like yourself, I've been desensitized to this sort of brutality. I would have assumed that they were guilty of something. But it wouldn't have impacted me the way it did seeing the video. Seeing the video evidence, the only conclusion I can come to is that the judicial system in this country is not going to help us. It's rigged in favor of the privileged white male. That's clear. We cannot rely on the police. We cannot rely on our local government. The only thing we can rely on is the fact that we are citizens of this nation and we have the exact same rights as, in, as anyone else does. We have to exercise that Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms and to do so in numbers that would eliminate us being viewed as false targets. If you come at this guy running down the street and you know that he has a high likelihood of being armed, the only hope is that you have a little bit of hesitancy before you approach him aggressively. And if you don't, then, you know, the, the outcome could not possibly be any worse for the black man. So, so we all get armed. We, we, we all go out, we get our uh, licenses to carry, you know, we go to a few shooting ranges, we take some... We take some uh, range practice, and, and, and now we're all armed. Um... Do you think that that would create a situation that would result in some sort of victory for us as black men? Or could you see a situation where the oppressor sees that as a declaration of war on our part? And is that a war that we can win? And there is no scenario where that declaration of war results in a victory for black people. Don't get me wrong, I understand that. However, the situation as it stands today is such that the people that did this, the people that do this, the people that oppress us, the people that hold the power are simply not going to give up their guns. They're not. And that's the reality. So we can go back and forth all day long. The reality is they're not giving up their things. The secondary reality is they are fairly certain that they are the only ones with that gun. You don't see 
displays of white nationalist aggression exercising their Second Amendment rights, walking through places where there's a high likelihood that the places they're walking through have black men with guns themselves. They walk through the suburbs, they walk through places where, in, you know, the white communities or whatever, where they are fairly certain that they are the only ones armed. We need to change that dynamic. They can no longer feel that Trevor Davis walking down the street is not armed. Because if they feel that, that empowers them to exercise their Second Amendment rights and accost you any way that they feel, any way that they like it. They need to change, we need to change that assumption so that when they see you walking down the street by yourself, minding your business, you are no longer an unarmed, quote unquote, black male. You're a black male more than likely is armed, so I need to do a calculation really quick. How aggressively do I want to approach this suit? Without that deterrent, we have what happens. We can no longer sit on the side and simply assume the police are going to take care of it or we need a hand in our guns because of gun control this and gun rights that. No, it didn't work. It doesn't work. It's never going to work. We simply need to change the equation in the minds of the oppressor and make them realize that if they have guns, we have guns. You shoot at me, we are shooting back. Period, point blank, end of story. If you do that calculation, I feel that this young cat would still be alive today. If he had, if they had in their minds the thought that he more than likely was armed, and he more than likely was prepared to use his weapon in self-defense, they probably would have approached him a lot less aggressively, and he would still be alive today. Can you imagine or create a scenario for me, a nationwide gun registration campaign for black men? How would we get that message out? Who would be the person to get that message out? How would... What's the national campaign sound like? Is it, is it, is it... You know, is it Joe Biden? Does Joe Biden come out during his, uh, you know, the run-up to the to the hopeful presidential election in a couple of months and say, hey, black man, you know what I think y'all should do? I think all y'all should go out and get guns, you know, to protect yourselves. It's the Second Amendment. You, you're, you're, you know, you're protected by our Bill of Rights to carry these weapons. So I think you guys should go and get that. H- how does the message get out? Who sends that message out and through whom is that says is, is that message conveyed? Is is CNN going to sponsor a nationwide campaign to get black men registered to carry guns? How do we get that out there? You know who the person the, 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 the perfect messenger for that message is? Who's that? It's, it's Trevor Davis. It's Timothy Allen Smith. It's the brothers like us who are educated, who are not knuckleheads, who are, you know, middle class, upper middle class, who are reasonably intelligent people. It's up to us to communicate the message that we are fed up and that what we have been doing has not been working and is not going to work. And we are not going to sit idly by and allow our message and allow our people to be gunned down in the street with no intellectual response. And so here's what I mean. I've, you know, I've learned about this, you know, over the course of the last couple of weeks, like everybody else, I saw the video, blah, blah, blah. I've already lost friends because of this. This is different. This is not the occasion where we can respectfully disagree. 
So I've lost friends. And you have to be willing to lose friends because they are shooting us in the street. If we can't, and this is what you and I talked about the other day, if we can't walk down the street in broad daylight, unarmed, and come out of that scenario alive, then it's a wrap. Then anything else we're talking about is academic and silly. If we can't take the scenario where this young man was shot and killed, if we can't exercise that right, like you talk about the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms, okay, great. What about the right to walk down the goddamn street in broad daylight, bothering no one, and not be shot and killed? And then to have yourself be shot and killed, and to have the police have evidence of you being shot and killed, the killer's admitting to shooting and killing you, and they still get to go home for two months until the internet freaks out because the video was leaked. What else is there to talk about? Who, I'm curious, I'd be curious to hear the argument of the friends that you say you lost. What What, what is their argument? What, what are they arguing? What they say and have said is that this is an isolated incident, has nothing to do with Donald Trump, has nothing to do with his supporters, and these are just two bad people that did a bad thing. Um, we need to get over They've been arrested. Uh, they'll go to jail for the rest of their lives, ostensibly. Um, the situation's over. Let's not move on. And that and we so should... When I respond... We, we should, sorry, as a result of that, as a, as a result of the fact that it's an isolated isolated incident and, you know, the, the perpetrators have been arrested and, you know, blah, 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 you know, the justice has been served. Let's, let's just essentially turn the other cheek and, and keep 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 marching forward without actually doing anything about it. And you think we have to do something about it. Something's gotta be done. And that thing that you're saying that should be done is we should get strapped up. I don't see, and I hate to say it, but I don't see any other solution. You remember, um, and it was months ago now, maybe even over a year, the, the, the brother that got shot in Dallas in his own apartment. I do by the by the white cop by the white female cop. By the female cop, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember in the aftermath of the trial or whatever, his brother standing on, you know, come? I, I think he was on the stand testifying or something, and he he made a point to forgive her. Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. I remember being irradiated with anger at that brother. <laughs> there you go. Exactly, exactly. That point, right? Because he have a history, and you know, maybe we don't give ourselves enough credit, as African-American people, black people in this country, I won't say African-American, but black people in this country, have got to be the most forgiving people in the history of the earth. Do you think that that ability or willingness or, you know, naturally inherent penchant to be so forgiving is a crutch? I think it's a crutch, but I also think it's derivative of the fact that we accepted our oppressor's religion. Okay. 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 So we've accepted our oppressor's religion. We've accepted our oppressor's, you know, definition of vision of who, quote-unquote, God is. And because of that, you know, we forgive. And forgiveness is, 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 is one of the tenets of this religion that we've accepted. And I'm not saying that forgiveness is necessarily a bad thing. But when we are doing all the fucking forgiving, um, it becomes problematic, right? When 
are we going to get forgiven? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's one thing to be forgiving. It's another thing to simply be abused and to give license to your abuser to continue doing that simply because you what? Because you want to be a good, you know, person, a good Christian. If, there is nothing heroic about that dude forgiving that cop for shooting his brother in his own house, by the way unarmed, doing nothing to no one in his own home, being shot and killed, and you stand in public and offer your forgiveness because you're a good Christian. Come on, get the fuck out of here. That's what it's theory. Do you think... Do you think if more of us got strapped up, if if I went out and got a gun, you went out and got a gun, your friends, do you think that that would result in an increase or a decrease in the in, in, in the gun violence against us in particular by you know the boys in blue do, do you do, do you really think that they would think twice um, because of the idea that they're a little bit more nervous because maybe this brother has a gun? Do you think that they would think twice? Do you remember? There was a case, and I'm so... I I could remember the name if I thought of it really quick. But there was a case of a a young man, and it was a huge case. Um, He was in the car with his his lady and their daughter in the back seat. And he was in the driver's seat, and a cop approached them. And the cop asked the guy something, and the guy said, Officer, there is a gun. I have a gun in my glove compartment. He warned the cop. He told the cop that he has this pit- pistol, and he got killed. What, I mean, do you, know, do you understand the thrust of my question? If, if they know that we are, I mean, I guess what difference does it make, right? But if they know... Go ahead. You that's, go ahead. That's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. Um, I, your supposition is that he would have been alive today had he not had the gun, and that's simply not the case. If 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 everything that was depicted, as, and I'm not familiar with that story, but if everything happened as you just described it, then he was going to end up dead either way, with or without that weapon. Because he, if, if everything is as you described it, he, he handled the situation perfectly. Um, you know, made the police officer aware that there was a weapon in the vehicle. And so I don't know how it escalated or what happened subsequent to that that, that, allowed, that ended up with him being killed. But my point is, that was going to go there anyway. And so you, the answer to your question is, you, we are all, we are absolutely no worse off. So, the only thing we can hope and, and, and just let me finish this point. The only thing we can hope is that if it's no longer a suspicion, if they simply know or they have a strong, if, if, if the majority of black men are carrying, then they will approach us differently. They will have a small bit of hesitation when addressing and interacting with black males simply because the likelihood is not as good today and maybe a 50-50 in their minds or whatever, the likelihood is that this person is armed, he is trained, so I need to address him in a certain way so that this situation does not escalate. So again, how do we organize this movement of 
black men carrying legal firearms? How do we organize it? And once organized, do we let the oppressor know or do we just keep it a sort of a secret to ourselves and our community? In other words, you know, you and I being black men, do we call all of our black friends, organize a meeting, get together in a clandestine location, you know, behind closed doors and tell each other, hey, brothers, we got to get we got we, we've got to get guns. We've got to get trained to use our guns. We're not going to let the oppressor know that we're doing this or do we let him know? Because if we don't let him know, then what I predict is a lot of bloodshed in this in in the in, in the street or do, do do we let him know so that he is aware of the situation and is that a good idea to 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 announce our plans how do we go about it exactly we do exactly what you described we do it in broad daylight we don't hide it we don't necessarily announce it but again i have a daughter at some point when she's old enough, she will be trained on how to use a weapon, a firearm. I have nieces, I have nephews. They will absolutely be trained in how to use a firearm. Do you think do you think that this is a political platform that for, for example, I mean, uh, uh, universal health care. This is a political platform. You know, this is this is it's a huge topic. Whatever race you are, um, you know, what else? Uh, the right to abortion. Um, you know, th- these are political platforms that are well, they, they're usually in the headlines but right now the only headline is coronavirus but these are these are issues you know um economic welfare things like this if the coronavirus was not you know wasn't the prevailing news headline of the day right now you know five or five or six months before a national election the topics of discussion would be universal health care and uh, you know, wage, an increase in, 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 in living wages and, and housing and, and you know, things like this. Do you think get a gun, brother, get a gun is something that should be as high on our list of responsibilities to and within ourselves as a black community right now should 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 we put this at the top of our list of issues to discuss within our community is it that important yeah i don't know that it's something we need to necessarily quote unquote discuss i just think it is that important i think it's a, it's, a, it's critically important to our survival i'm convinced of that now. i think we need to make sure that our kids, our family members are aware of the seriousness of the situation. And again, it's one thing, it, this is not a political conversation, right? So, because there's no political platform that succeeds in this country where your first statement is black men get a gun. You know what I'm saying? That's just, that's not realistic. But what is realistic is for you and I and people like us to take it upon ourselves to simply say enough is enough that, you know what, when we are 
every bit as, as able and eligible as anyone else to go in a gun store, show our identification, get approved, get our concealed carry, go to the range, get trained. We have absolutely every single right to do that. The fact that we don't is the problem. It's not political. Again, it's not a you know platform that anybody needs to run on publicly, and it's not something that we need to do in secret. It's like saying every black person in this country gets a driver's license. Of course they do, because we want to drive and blah, 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 blah. It's the same thing. There's nobody stopping Trevor from going out and getting stuff. There's nothing stopping that. The only reason we don't is because Trevor may feel a certain way about them and that maybe just doesn't want to own one, which we respect. But the situation has changed to the point where they have proven that the system will not protect you and your family. The system will not stand up for you and your family if something happens to you. The only defense, the only recourse, rather I should say, the only recourse you have is to stand in defense of yourself and your family by yourself. And the only way to do that is to be armed. So... One of the tropes of the Democratic Party, for as long as I can remember, has been gun control. Um, sure. The Republican Party, for as long as I can remember, has been the party of pro-guns, you know, pro-Second Amendment, pro, you know, don't, 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 please do not get in the way of my right to carry my pistol. Um, sure. Again... Do you think it's Joe Biden's response, or whoever is the Democratic frontrunner, come election time? Do you think? Do you think it's his responsibility, or do you think the black community would rally around a white candidate saying, "Y'all need to get guns"? How would that play out? Here's the thing. And this is what, it, 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 it's hard to, to get your, your head wrapped around this, but just hear me out. He doesn't have to do a damn thing. The system is already set up for, it's not like he has to offer legislation that will, that will allow black men to buy guns. Right. We can everything go, we, we, the, it's, it's set up. Sure. It's already there. If everything is already there. There's nothing stopping it right now. The only thing stopping it is you may not want to go buy a gun. That's it. And, and, and because you don't see it as a responsibility, then you're like, I don't want a gun, I don't need a gun, I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I, there's nothing to be done legislatively or politically. It's all on us. Well, what about that? What about that person who? What What about that brother who does say, "Nah, I don't need a gun. You know, I'm good. I, I'm cool. I, you know, y'all get y'all get y'all's guns, but I, you know, I don't. I, I'm anti-gun. I, I don't want a gun. What do you say to that brother in this moment? I say I was you up to two weeks ago. Hmm. Hmm. And you know, at some point, it's going to become obvious that you have no choice if you are going to stay in this country. And and you That's think you, you you said at some point, but you think we're at that point? Oh yeah, we're I I, I, I we're definitely at that point. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, we're at that point. That if you're going to stay in this country. You have a responsibility to keep and bear arms simply because you want, even if you don't believe in guns, it's not about you. It's about putting it in the hands of everyone who's going to approach you, that they need to approach you a certain way. They need to practice de-escalation because it's more than likely that this man has a gun. 
What I'm does... not going to come at you crazy. I need to come at you in a responsible, reasonable manner because more than likely you're carrying a weapon. And that's the reality of living in this country. You cannot live in this country without a gun and be a black man. You just can't. What... Let's extra- let's extrapolate. Two years in the future. It's it's 2022, and you know I, I think the black percent the black the black population of America is I think it's about 30 million something like that. I think it's 15 percent, 20 percent, something like that. I don't know, 14 percent, something like that. Let let's say that in the next couple of years, um, a high percentage of the black male population and black female population go ahead and get strapped up go go get their guns go get registered get trained and what have you and the police departments the notoriously racist you know um the the ones that are most prone to violence you know across the country they've become aware of this is there any difference in that morning police officer meeting with the police sergeant and his his officers, is there any difference? Is he telling his officers, "Hey guys, be more careful around, you know, he, your target because they might be armed." And how do those police officers feel about that? Do you understand? How, how does that? You're, you're, here's what's wrong with your supposition. Okay. Your supposition is that they don't have that same exact conversation today. Sure. That's what is being said. That's how they're conducting themselves today. They approach every person. And this is the excuse they always make when somebody gets, you know, when, when an officer while shooting happens, right? We thought he was armed. The kid had a toy gun. We thought it was real. Or he had pulled out a cell phone. It looked like a gun. It's always the assumption that the target is armed. That's the same conversation they're having today. Nothing would change. The only thing that would change is subtly in their minds they would know, okay, this person is more than likely armed. And so if there is a reasonable person sitting behind the wheel of a vehicle and he's being calm, we need to not escalate this particular situation. So if there's nothing to change, and that's really where I reached the conclusion that it's all we're already at that point. These things are happening now and everything you just described is already taking place. So the balance of power. Do you think that there would be a shift of power, a shift in the balance of power that would reverberate throughout the country with a movement such as this? I mean, could this be, could, could the arming of America's black nation, could that possibly tip the scales in terms of creating a, you know, a, a paradigm shift throughout the country that would equate with more justice across the board? Is, I mean... You know, I, I think that's impossible to predict. You know, the future is, is, is something that nobody can see into. But I will tell you this, it can't get worse. Hmm. Hmm. Because, again... You, let's just say, let's just play this out, right? Say your entire life, or well, not your entire life, but since you've been back in this country, say everywhere you went, you had a gun in your pocket. Right. How would your life have changed? My supposition is that it wouldn't. Like, yeah, it, it, it wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. No difference. Just, it, no difference at all. So 
it's not going to change for you or for me because, you know, the way we live, the way we conduct ourselves, we're not in situations that, you know, would put us in those, you know, scenarios. But the fact that we have one and put that idea into the heads of others, if that was the case, Arbery would still be, I'm not Arbery would still be alive today. Mm. Mm. I can't disagree, Tom. I, 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 I can't disagree. I cannot disagree with, you know, I, I, I almost, I mean, obviously, you know, I, I feel it's my responsibility to play the devil's advocate and present, you know, a perspective that maybe you hadn't entertained or, you know, present a perspective that maybe I don't even agree with. Just, just, just to flesh out the subject a little bit more. But the truth of the matter is, I, I can't disagree. I, 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 you know, I can't disagree and I don't even want to disagree. The fact is, you know, I found myself over and over since I've lived back in the country. I found myself over and over having the mental debate with myself of Trevor, you need to go ahead and get a gun. You, you know, you, you, you're a pacifist and, you know, you've never had to use a gun in the past. And you don't like the idea of a deadly weapon, you know, um, in your house or what have you. But I, I have entertained this idea over and over and over again. And maybe this is this incident here is and should be the tipping point for for millions of black millions of black american men just like you're saying maybe we should all you know there's a hundred monkey theory that you know once a hundred monkeys in 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 any community of animals does a certain activity that this activity somehow is transferred to all the monkeys in the rest of the world maybe we should you know maybe this discussion we're having is being had throughout the country in, in in other black black communities maybe brothers across the country are starting to think to themselves hey you know what this second amendment does not say for whites only let me go get myself a pistol yeah and and i think what you're saying is true and i can't tell you how true except for one thing i think a lot of black people like yourself, and this goes back to the beginning of the conversation, for emotional reasons or whatever, maybe, like you said, they're not paying attention or whatever, are simply not embracing this particular incident as they should. Um, I would have been, had the video never been leaked, I would have never been on my radar, to be perfectly frank. And so I think the conversation that they had by people like us because, you know, we, I decided to, to just look at the video and, and learn more about the situation. But what the first thing we have to do is encourage every black person to watch the video. It should be required what you do. It really should. Hmm. And then we need to encourage every black person to watch the video, to research the case, to realize the two things that are most important. Yes, the brother was killed, and that's huge. I understand that. The bigger problem is the police had this video the day it happened. Mm-hmm. They saw everything they saw. They made the determination that that was okay, that that was not illegal, that there was no reason to arrest these two cats. After seeing the video, there was no investigation. There was no, you know, deep dive in the, the moment in, in Law and Order when the music changes and they find the video in a dumpster around the corner from the shooting. No. The guy handed it over to them and they determined that this was okay. So fine. We cannot rely on the police. We cannot rely on the system. We just simply need to exercise our given rights, the rights we already have, to keep 
keep and bear arms and make sure that we are no longer considered just soft targets like that. Do you think, um, are you yourself, hmm, how do I put this question? Which, which, which leader do you pledge your allegiance to? I, 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 uh, it's a horrible way to put this question. Who are you more a fan of, Malcolm X or Martin Luther King? It was always Martin Luther King, um, because I'm a, you know, I'm a writer, I love words, I'm an orator, I love words. I always found him to be the most gifted speaker of all time. I'm just a fan of it. Having said that, the more I live, the longer I'm blessed to have time and longevity on this earth, I realize that what Malcolm was saying was right. So, so you realizing or allowing yourself to realize whatever that what Malcolm was saying was right, does that equate with what Martin was saying was wrong? I think what Martin was professing this, this, this doctrine of nonviolence. And again, we have to we have to tread carefully, right? Because, you know, I'm my feelings about religion are well known and, you know, Martin is a at his core a creature. He's a Baptist minister, he's a Christian. So there are elements to his religion and his faith that don't fit well with my knowledge of history. Having said that, I'm not gonna say he was wrong. And what he was saying about nonviolence, I'm going to say he was naive. I'm going to say that in a perfect world where everybody had the same sensibilities, where everyone was a practicing good Christian, then sure, his, his, his doctrine made sense. That's not the world we live in. The world we live in does not afford us the, 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 the luxury of being as forgiving as we have been. That's the main problem. That's the biggest problem in our community is that we've been taught that forgiveness trumps all others, that, that there's some sort of pride at the end of this road and we keep forgiving those who abuse us. You know, as a writer, you, you, you as a writer yourself and the age that you are, I know that you can remember Public Enemy, late 80s, early 90s. Militant... Sure militant black hip-hop group um you know chuck d and his message you know bring the noise rebel without a cause rebel without a pause um do you think that there is a lack of attention i'm changing the subject but not entirely a lack of attention or a lack of focus on what is happening I guess politically, demographically, socially, economically, in the entertainment that black people are making for other black people in this country? I think there's no longer a social conscience. Um, conscience, I mean, it, what I mean is, you know, public enemies, and, and, and I'll go back as far as Jill Scott Aaron, right? Artists such as that we're speaking to the community as a whole, um, speaking to our plight, speaking to our, you know, status. And at some point that shifted to artists speaking not for our community, but to our community, right? So, you know, the, the cats came up subsequent to those, they are all talking to 
their peers, right? They're not they're not trying to speak for our community and and, 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 and give a direction to our community. They're communicating with our communities to be saying, hey, I got this, I got that. And everything is sort of internalized, right? So if they've turned the 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 venom of public enemy, the venom of trustees was has now turned inward. It is no longer directed out of our community as a, as one voice. It's all directed in our community, within our community. And my my venom now is is to the cat who's trying to sell drugs in the big corner. So do, you know lives across the street. It's no longer us saying to the rest of the world, this is who we are, this is what we want. It's me saying to you, Trev, um, fuck you. So, so, so you're saying that a lot of that anger and enemy has turned inward and has begun to affect our, it's, it's, it's us affecting our own community negatively. This is what, this is what, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's instead of, instead of me saying Trev, the guy across the street, in the, in the, in the hood, burning across is the enemy, it's now saying Trev is the enemy. And so, or the, or the brothers around the corner are the enemy. That's what we got to get, guys. So, that, oh, absolutely. I, I absolutely understand what you're saying, which, which, which begs my question. So now the whole community is strapped up. Now the whole community and everybody, you know, everybody knows the whole community is strapped up. Does that inwardly focused venom suddenly dissipate or do we now have, you know, a a much more volatile powder keg within our community of every brother being strapped up? Are you are you understanding? I'm I'm understanding what you're saying and I'm just going to say the same thing again. When you walk through those quote-unquote black communities the hood, as some would call it, right? And you are from New York City, so you grew up in environments that are urban, right? That are, you've been in in environments in cities that are predominantly predominantly black or color. When you walk through those communities today, when you walk through those communities 10 years ago, I would be willing to bet that your assumption was that everybody was strapped. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. You know, that's that's one of the you know, that's one of the hallmarks, flags. That that that's just something that you assume when you when you when you're born and raised in a black community of a certain socioeconomic level of a certain poverty level of a certain danger level. Yes, you you every time you leave your house, you have to sort of assume that that brother over there across the street he's strapped. This cat up here walking down the block, he's also strapped. This cat walking behind me, he might be strapped too. You 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 just have to kind of live with the idea that everybody got a gun. And so how is that different? That's my point. You, you know, I, 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 I'm asking the questions. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm asking the questions. I, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I want, you know, what I want, I guess, I guess, I guess, what I want is for you to make an un- an undebatable, indebatable case for us as black men to get guns so that there is no more debate. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I want to hear you. I want to hear the case made with with, with no with no possibility of being assailed from any side. I want the case to be clear because I agree with you. You know, uh, you know, it's my position to, like I said, try to be the devil's advocate, try to ask questions, try to poke holes in people's arguments, try to lead them down hallways that they might not have otherwise be willing to, you know, to entertain. But in this situation, I want the case to be made clearly that I better go get me a gun because, you know, two months ago, a couple, couple hundred miles south of where I live, one of my brothers half my age was running down the street on a bright sunny day and was chased down by you know two carfuls of white dudes who pulled got out of their trucks pulled out their shotguns shot them in broad daylight went home made a sandwich put their feet up had a beer and watched tv that can't happen there you go there you go i mean i can't say it any better than that honestly that's that's exactly what it is and the fact is we have every right to do it. Nothing has to change for us to do this, which is the most amazing thing in the world. Nothing has to change. The laws are already written. It's already our right to do so. And as far as your comment earlier that the Democrats have been the party of gun control and and the Republicans have been traditionally the party of you know gun rights, I'll just come out and say it. The, the, the Democrats are wrong. Is there a vacuum in national black leadership? Does some does does Jesse Jackson or you know I don't I don't know who our leader is right now I don't know you know Obama's you know kind of stepped out of the spotlight I I don't know who our black leaders are but does there need to be a black leader to come upon the scene and 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 organize you know a 21st century Black Panther movement Do we need something like that I don't think we do I think that. First of all, not realistic simply because, you know, all of our black quote unquote leaders have fallen behind the dogma of, you know, gun control. We need to get get more get the guns off the streets, get you know, the police to be the only ones with guns, blah blah blah. That so that's my that point. That's my point. That's that not going anywhere. So right. It's not, it's not a lack of a political leader, it's not the lack of a movement, it's just the realization listen, they can come out tomorrow and say you know what, black men shouldn't eat bacon they probably say that, a lot of people say that, right, bacon ain't ain't, there's no shortage of black men eating bacon right (laughs) you do the things that you feel like you need to do to survive and I don't give a damn who says it, if you want some bacon, you don't eat some damn bacon, right so it doesn't matter. We don't need some movement. We don't need a leader to simply say, do this. We simply need to realize that if we don't do this and we're not going to leave this country, then we're going to end up like Ahmad Arbery. Period. End of story. If you don't want to be a gun owner, if you don't believe in guns, if you're a pacifist and, and it really just depends all of your sensibilities to even be in a room or in a home with firearms, then the only solution for you, quite honestly, as a black man, is to leave this country. So, so you know, we have, we have a few minutes left. Let me ask you this. Do you think the day of the pacifist is over? Do, 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 is, is, the, is, is pacifism a nostalgic 
perspective for a person to take that just doesn't work in 21st century America? Can you be a Jewish pacifist in World War II Germany? No. Then you answered your own question. Wow. 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 Interesting. Well, you know what? Um, You know, from what I understand, at least here in Georgia, six weeks ago, uh, gun shops sold out of all their guns from people running in and buying guns. I, I, I would I would assume that the vast, vast, vast majority of those guns were not picked up and bought by people of our complexion. And I don't know if, you know, if, if they've restocked the shelves of these guns. So trust me when I say this, um, the one thing that we know, you and I know above and over and above all else, is that capitalism rules. The gun manufacturers will make, will manufacture as many guns as we need to buy. There's never going to be a shortage of guns to, to go to the store and purchase. I will tell you that when the whole COVID-19 thing first started popping off, people were quarantined, even in Southern California, there was a run on the gun shop. Um, everybody wanted to go buy a gun because they thought the zombie apocalypse was coming. But you saw that the people standing in the line were not us. They were not our question, as you put it. Had we been the one standing in line, that story would have been a whole lot different. Hmm. Hmm. But, but there's not going to be a shortage of firearms. The, the gun manufacturers will make as many guns as we want to, as we want to buy. All right. Well, there you have it. There you have it. You know, um, you know what? There's a gun shop half a mile from my house. I, I'm, I'm headed there tomorrow. I'm going to go there tomorrow and check out what they got on their shelves. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really need any more convincing. I, 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 you know, I, I agree with the perspective that it's, you know, the time to hope that the, that the boys in blue change their perspective on us and start treating us differently the time to hope that doesn't that that happened is gone the time to march and 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 beg for our rights from the oppressor is gone the time to sit quietly down you know sit on our hands is gone I, you know I, I i i am a lifelong pacifist but i think it's time i go get me a gun and 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 you know i don't know whether that's fortunate or unfortunate all i do know is that the situation that we have been presented with has made it so and uh you know i i i would exhort any brothers within listening range of this to do the same take advantage of exactly what timothy allen smith said it is your constitutional right to bear arms you're not doing nothing wrong if you go get yourself registered learn how to shoot and it's not just men it's sisters too it's women as well you know you're doing nothing wrong nothing more than exercising your second amendment bill of rights constitutional right to bear arms that this nation's constitution provides you the right to do I'm going to go get me a pistol. Tim, it's great talking to you, as it always is. And, uh, you know, brother, let's just keep it moving. No doubt. No doubt. Thanks, Trevor. We'll talk soon. This is nothing specific. Trevor David Houchin signing off, talking to my man, Timothy Allen Smith. Peace. Get yourself a gun.